That's not my fault. They tried to kill me, right? They tried to suck the light out of me, if you could possibly grasp that concept. Who, uh... All of them! Schlocken All, the double feature podcast that celebrates all movies from the sublime to the suspicious. And as always, I'm Lindsay Wilkins. And this I'm really looking forward to this double today because we are going to be looking into the eye of a hurricane and the eye of a lunatic uh, with a double feature of Key Largo from 1948 and Dead Calm from 1989. And I have a great guest today. She's one of the coolest people on uh, film Twitter and is one half of the wonderful Movies for Life podcast. It's Michelle Egan. Hey, how's it going? Hello. Thank you so much. That's very sweet. <laughs> no, I've been really looking forward to talking to you because I'm like, I'm talking, yeah, I'm talking to a very cool um, lady who loves her movies and is just, yeah, and I have been really enjoying um, the Movies for Life podcast you've been doing with Brian. Um, how is that going? It's going awesome. I'm having the time of my life and... We, we so love you and so appreciate all the support that you and like so many people that are actually listening to the show have given us. It really helps like keep us going because we have fun just like talking about movies ourselves. But the fact that people are like really responding to it is awesome. So we are we are ready to keep going. We have like our whole rest of the year planned out for what we're going to do. And we're so excited about all the episodes we've got coming up. So oh, that more good is- stuff. That yeah. is so cool. Um, yeah, because what I love about it is that, um, apart from you and Brian being um, amazing, is just you kind of bring a movie each that you like, and you kind of get these very strange pairings, which I just am all down for, especially the um, One Cut of the Dead and um, Singing in the Rain <laughs> episode. I was just that like, is, oh, that is inspired. Um, that is by far our favorite one we've done so far. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just like, yeah, making movies and you just choose this. Yeah. Anyway, it's a great episode. Please listen to um, Movies for Life if you haven't, because it is so much fun, um, especially with um, Michelle's and um, Brian's energy. Actually, I was just going to mention because um, this pairing is mostly one location settings and you recently did an episode yeah. on Movies for Life that was one location. Um Frozen and Rope. Um, so yeah, I was just like looking yeah. through just to remind myself of the episodes. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I love that episode. That's like one of my favorite movies uh, and Frozen too. Um, mm. Yeah, that's like, I, I was so excited too when I realized, because I hadn't seen Key Largo mm. actually before I did this. And when I realized that that was a single location movie too, like Dead Calm is, I was like, oh f- yeah, this is perfect for me. Because I love all of this stuff that both of these movies bring up, you know? Yeah, exactly, because I hadn't seen Key Largo either, and it was kind of more of a guess. And then I was watching it going, oh, cool, it's single location with a hurricane. And there's a boat. 
excellent at the end. They um, totally so it, pair well together. They, they really did. so yeah. well together. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 That, that you just yeah. kind of guessed. That was perfect guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I sort of read the synopsis and went, that could kind of work. I kind of wanted to mix um, the, the Sam Neill energy with the Edward G. Robinson energy. I just didn't realize how much oh. the Billy Zane and the Robinson energy yeah. would match. <laughs> <laughs> the Neill energy would match. So, I had um, seen Dead Calm before, so I knew kind of what I what I was in store for with that one. But yeah, Key Largo like totally blew me away. I freaking loved this movie, oh, so I was so happy to have an excuse to watch it. You know? It, oh yeah, it was just this kind of marvelous thing. Just watch some of my favorite actors on screen just start. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Edward Robinson choose the scenery. Um, but with that, we might as well get into um, sitting down for our double first of the double features, which will be of course Key Largo, uh, Michelle. Um, if you were going to show a trailer before Key Lago, what would your first trailer be? Okay, so I kind of thought about this exercise as if you didn't know that you were going to be watching these movies before. Oh, you, you yes. Know, while you were yeah. watching these trailers, so you could kind of maybe guess mm. at what the movie was. So mine are kind of interesting. I'm going to start with uh, 1408 from 2007. Nice. <laughs> this is it. It does have the vague air of menace. Nobody lasts more than an hour. You're gonna have to try harder, Olin! It's not what I'm seeing. It's not real. It just ain't as real as it seems. Honestly, I've only seen once. I don't remember so much, but it was more like the feeling of it. I was like, okay, he's he's stuck in a hotel. I remember something about a storm happening, like inside the room. So you kind of confuse people with that, with the 1408 thing. So I was like, okay, maybe it's a hotel movie. And then I'm going to show from, do you want me to do the other one next or... Um, no, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll do mine first, and then yeah, okay, that yeah. is great. That's a great trailer. Keep you, in, really... keep you in suspense yeah. for the, what the next one is. <laughs> um, no, I all I remember uh, like I've only seen that movie once, and what I remember is when Samuel L. Jackson tells you not to go into a room. Maybe you should right. go into that room. Um, no, I, I, that's such a great movie because all the stuff is happening in this one hotel, and you're right, there is a storm. Actually, I forgot about that. It I think it was. Very, I think it was a crazy. snowstorm. Actually, if I recall, I don't really remember. Yeah, it, <laughs> go, it goes. Again. It gets pretty trippy. Um, I like that idea. Nothing of at showing... all like the short story, by the way. Yes. Um, I like ideas of showing trailers when you don't know what movie you're going to see. Um, yeah. so I guess my first trailer is really going to confuse everyone because it does have a hurricane. Um, but not, but it's, you're not really dealing with gangsters or anything else or a hotel, but you are dealing with alligators because I'm going to show Crawl from 2019. <laughs> I totally <laughs> thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted to do that one. That's awesome. The state of Florida has issued a Category 5 hurricane warning. All residents must evacuate immediately. Grab your families, your loved ones, and get out. Dad! We won't be able to come for you. Dad! Haley, are you hurt? I'm fine. Yeah, 
Yes, yeah, we're so oh, on that's... the same wavelength. <laughs> we're so on the same wavelength. That's as this is perfect because yeah, Crawl is an awesome movie, and to be stuck in a situation that you can't get out of, there's a storm outside. Just what Edward mm-hmm. G. Robinson for a whole bunch of alligators, which is my favorite exactly. thing about Crawl, is that it's just not just one. There's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot. Of Maybe there's like around. the main alligator, and then the other ones because there's yes. a couple different ones. Maybe one could be like Toots, and one could be Curly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Poor, poor I love there, it. Just like going, can I please have a drink? <laughs> um, I love it. Yeah, I totally uh, was going to pick that one too. <laughs> so do you have another trailer that you wanted to show? Yes. So um, after 1408 and you're kind of like, wait, what? What's this movie going to be? <laughs> then I'm going to hit you with um, one that might give a little bit more of a clue. 1947 Dark Passage. Oh, yes. Take it from a guy who sees the law. It's the best yet. You won't tell me because you think I'll come there. You think I'd follow you. You'd be insane to follow me. Was I insane to pick you up on the road? Was I crazy to let you stay here? I thought I had a pretty good life here, but your going away doesn't make it seem good anymore. No, I've got the Indian sign on me. It seems I can't win. I've sort of joined your team. Don't look forward to being without you. When I leave here, you're off my team. Lucky to be. I love that movie so much. Um, that is Most, perfect. Yeah. yeah. Mostly just for the Bogey Bacall thing. Uh, actually, I've only seen this movie once, too, but I remember really loving it. I love the whole thing that starts out, like, in the character's POV and all that stuff, but really really cool movie and just something a little bit different from the usual like bogey bacall movies that get highlighted yeah dark passage is yeah, awesome it, it's one that kind of gets forgotten i'm so glad you picked yeah. it um because it is i've only seen it the once but i remember really enjoying it there's something just about because you do have bogey and bacall constantly just together trying to deal with each other or help each other and seeing mm-hmm. them kind of that process of really just falling in love um, which all their other movies, there's so much happening around them that they only get these kind of brief moments. So no, I love, I love Dark Passage a lot. Perfect. What's yours? Okay. Well, I'm going to go modern again. Um, am I? Sorry, I'm just looking at my choices. Actually, you know what? No, I'm going to go classic again, but I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go Little Caesar from 1931. Happy New Year, boys. Say, there's a lonesome touring car down the street. I was wondering if you happen to know anything about it. Oh, I got a good cafe business. I don't know nothing about automobiles, what's been stolen. Well, you might if some of the bright young men around here had anything to do with it, wouldn't you? Yeah, she's through. She's out of the way. That's what she is. You're lying. You wouldn't dare. I wouldn't, would I? I'll show you. Rico, listen. I ain't gonna spill anything if that's what you're scared of. You think I want my neck stretched? Well, you know too much. I ain't gonna take any chances. You're hanging around with me, see? Uh, Edward G. Robinson's star-making performance as a gangster, no less. Um, and he, this is where you get um, everything, um, just kind of what people think of Edward G. Robinson. The Looney Tunes spoofed the hell out of this performance. It was kind of, he walked into a room and said, yeah, see, a lot. And then the kind uh. of, the, the gangster kind of thing was, pretty much born from that point and um i think he spent a lot of his career trying not to be typecast because he was had such a range of as being an actor but man could that man just walk into a room and display complete menace that's awesome 
so many things recently are pushing me towards finally seeing like I haven't seen any of those like older gangster movies from the 30s uh, yeah <laughs> but we did like the some like it hot episode where we talked about that and then this came up <laughs> with Edward G. Robinson so I'm like okay now I really really got to see these so I got to go see Little Caesar and Scarface and the Public Enemy oh Public Enemy is amazing that's James Cagney doing a very similar thing but it's just so much more brutal oh my god you just this I see right at the end where you're just like going how, I remember you and Brian talking about that. I was like, that made me really excited to see that. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to be catching up with those. Um, definitely. I cannot wait to hear your reaction. Um, and with that, we are going to be going into the first feature, Key Largo, directed by John Huston from 1948. I'm about 12 miles off Boot Key Harbor on my way in. Over. Hold your course. You're headed straight for Key Largo. Key Largo, a lonely island off the coast of Florida, sultry, heat-ridden, cloaked in the strange menace of the sea. But stranger still is the destiny that brings these people to this remote outpost, to be held at bay with a price on their lives, by a man with a price on his head. Nothing to stop me from wiping you all out. What could that do, boss? Forget it. Her kind's a dime a dozen. I say smack her and let it go at that. Smacking her isn't enough for such an insult. He'd have to kill her. Then he'd have to kill the rest of us because we witnessed it. But to kill us all or nothing. We rid ourselves of your kind once and for all. You ain't coming back. Who's gonna stop me all there? Now, as we said before, this was both a first time watch. Um, I guess your first reaction to Key Largo. Like I said, I just, I loved it. I, for some reason, I thought because of the Bogey and Bacall thing, maybe that it was more of like a romance movie yeah. in a way. I don't know. I really didn't know what it was about before I watched it. But then seeing that you paired it up with Dead Calm, I was like, well, maybe it's something different going on here. But uh, yeah, when it, the story really unfolded of like what it was and the fact that it's single location, and I love all the little side actors so much. Yeah, I absolutely love this. This is a great one to finally see for the first time. I should have seen it a lot sooner because I know I would have just loved it. No, it is kind of one of those movies you're like going, oh, I could have been watching this so many times before because it's kind of got that great yeah. comfort energy considering um, that it's a hostage it's a hostage movie. But yeah, I kind of, I thought it would be a bit more of a romance as well. And it's really not. In, um, it's very I noir guess, Very noir. But yeah, and I guess that's why I was kind of, wasn't expecting, even though I should have guessed because I'm a big Edward G. Robinson girl, but when he enters the movie, he kind of takes all the air out of it. Like, um, I finally just saw Blue Velvet for the first time, and when Frank Booth enters that room, he takes all the air out and the movie changes, and that's what Edward G. Robinson does to um, this movie. And it was just because I was like, oh, this isn't isn't exactly a Bogey and Bacall movie. This is an Edward G. Robinson movie movie and he just takes control of it and yeah and so it was i wasn't expecting the hostage situation i wasn't expecting completely what was gonna happen so you know it was a different i really i really enjoyed myself with it it was just fun and just watching all the character actors around it it was just yeah it's so much texture texture to it than more than i was expecting yeah i watched this one like two and a half times like just in prep for this and i haven't seen it in a couple of days like i kind of am itching to watch it again just to get like all the little nuances maybe that i missed the first time around and well i always love watching like actors in the background they love like not the people that are talking that you're focusing on really i like just seeing how they how they play their characters in the background like i always i loved watching like curly <laughs> and toots is, toots is my favorite i'm sorry i love toots 
Claire, what's your name's character? No, Toots, the guy with the suspenders. He's the guy who keeps going on about prohibition, isn't he? Or is he the other one? Yes. Yes, they, Toots. They both kind of do. Yes, I'm getting all my gangsters confused. Um, I just know I he had like the best outfit going on. He looked the most gangster, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm all in for you, dude." <laughs> you look yes, awesome. for some reason, you I totally fit in this world. I'm getting all my gangsters confused. Um, no, uh, he's great actually. Just when he starts, like he, I love how he's um, Tuts is always over explaining everything. Like he's sort of going to Bogey. He's <laughs> like, "Oh, this girl over here, she's being a pain. You need to go." It's, it's like, dude, what what is wrong now? You, what is wrong with you at the beginning? It's like, yeah, but yes, <laughs> I'm all for Toots. He is such a great character. Um, just, yeah, just, he's that guy who is in the room and cannot stand silent, so he has to talk. <laughs> <laughs> he's the cool, he's like the enforcer of the gangster. I like, he has like the best line. That was my favorite. When the, the cop is talking about how they like, they knocked him out and he kept saying, Put, the lights went out and then I woke up again and then the lights went out again and Toots is just like, I'm the electrician. Like that was my, that was the best line. I was like, that is so good. I love the dialogue in this movie. There's uh, a lot of really great lines like that. Yeah. It was based on a play, but it's got these really kind of snappy noir dialogue. Like, yeah, I'm the electrician, which you can totally see Scorsese watching and going, I'm going to use that one day. Well, that kind of vibe. Right? Kind of one day. Exactly. Um, speaking of which, how is your dad, Martin Scorsese going? <laughs> um, he's doing pretty good. Um, I love my dad. He's always just as cute and as wonderful as ever. <laughs> um, yeah, there was actually so, a picture on Twitter the other day. There was like a cat with like, did you see that? There was like a white cat. With, like, it looked like he had the big bushy Martin Scorsese eyebrows. I loved it. I know. <laughs> it was just like, a, yeah, if it was, yes, that, that is Martin Scorsese yes. as a cat. That just <laughs> Oh. Got him, son. You can start like that. Cat's gonna start talking about how much he loves the Roaring Twenties in about two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Calling everything pictures. Yes, Hello. pictures. <laughs> yes, what a, that was a picture. Um, and speaking of this picture, this was um, absolutely great. Even though apparently I don't know any of the characters' names, but um, it's yeah, it's this kind of uh, boiling point of a movie because basically Bogey is coming um, to the hotel because a uh, fallen. Um, army mate of his um he's coming to see his family his wife which is Bacall and uh his dad Lionel Barrymore one of the yes. Barrymores um is and so he's sort of saying hi you know I knew you I knew your son your husband and they're like oh that's cool you should you know we've kind of cleared your visit but his visit kind of coincides with Edward G. Robinson and his gang um who have just kind of decided they're going to take over the hotel um for this kind of meeting they have with someone else and what I kind of loved about it, it's not necessarily the plot of what the mechanics of kind of this gang kind of just taking over this random hotel. It's sort of more about why they're there and what they're doing. Um, especially with Toots keep, is keep mentioning, um, oh, the well, prohibition's coming back. Prohibition's going to come back and we're going to do it right. Did you get the sense that the gang quite hadn't figured out what their place was in the whole gangster mafia shtick now they didn't have bootlegging to go with? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about that. Like that. Yeah. 
I know it just sort of struck me because they're selling counterfeit money, but they just yeah. got this thing of they're kind of, oh, we've got this plan. Oh, wait, there's a hurricane. Wait, what's a hurricane? They don't seem to understand weather. They don't seem to understand who are these people are they taking hostage. The whole hotel thing seems very last minute. I don't know. They don't seem as organized as you would think someone in a movie in 1948 would be. Maybe. Like, they didn't mm. really, like, they don't have as much of a purpose anymore that there's no prohibition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of sad for them. <laughs> it is. I felt sorry for them. It's just like they had this whole thing, like in the movies in the 1930s, it's all about the prohibition and all about the bootlegging. And now you have this kind of character as Edward G. Robinson kind of going, well, I'm kind of stuck in Cuba. They could sell kind of yeah. money, I guess. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know. I just thought that stuff was so interesting. And um, like a bad guy still of- trying to stay on top. Exactly. And yeah. I just love when Toots keeps going, um, oh, no, we'll bring back, they're, they're going to bring back prohibition because they can't keep alcohol legal, but we'll do it right this time. We're like, we'll figure, we'll all get together. We won't infight. We'll actually figure out how to bootleg. And it's this kind of past dream of them being these amazing bootleggers, kind of like, um, again, going back to um, Goodfellas, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Edward G. Robinson as uh, Johnny Rocco in mm. this movie, he's very much... He's, he's a very cool, like, boss gangster, but at the same time, he he needs, he feels like he needs to be lifted up. Because whenever, yeah. um, whenever uh, Bogey is talking to him and, like, saying, like, oh, I know who you are, and he, like, lists off all the stuff that he's heard, that he's done, he's like, yeah, yeah, I am that cool, aren't I? Aren't <laughs> I? And I, I still gotta stay that cool. So he's, he's very in control, but he's also very, um... Like, he's lost some of his self-confidence or something, you know? <laughs> I know. he's Yeah, because he's been kind of exiled to Cuba because, obviously, yeah. he's in the FBI Most Wanted. But you kind of got the feeling that he hasn't been able to kind of exert his gangster cool. So when he's finally coming back, it's kind of like this dry run of... of um, and he gets sort of very anxious and very nervous all the time. Especially when... Because they, they keep asking, so how long is this hurricane going to last? What yeah, is a hurricane? Not... <laughs> He's not yeah. actually very good under pressure. He's like one of those bad guys that proves that he's actually kind of a coward in some ways because he's not great under pressure, especially mm. with the um, encroaching hurricane. And he's act- like very scared <laughs> about that whole thing, <laughs> which is really it was kind of surprising. But it was also um, just like an interesting little character thing that they they put in for him that I really enjoyed. Uh, yeah, um, I, I did as well. And it kind of gave the movie a little bit more texture for me because I was sort of like, oh, he doesn't quite know what he's doing. This is, yeah. no one knows what they're doing. And that's when you have... It's kind of winging this whole situation, yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's completely winging the situation. It's, um, which kind of, yeah, because my, I guess going back to um, Humphrey Boga or Bogey, my favorite Bogey performances tend to be when he's a little bit more um, gray. I guess like in Dark Passage where he is actually on the run um, in the lonely place when he's being an absolute asshole. He's kind of really, seeing him in a complete straight hero mode was a little, kind of took me a while to get used to it. But it kind of, yeah, but it's kind of this weird thing where he kind of can see the weaknesses in Robinson and keeps kind of playing on them. You can kind of see him suddenly just keep poking the bear as it were. Um, And it's kind of... Now I'm looking back on it. I'm like, no, I think I like that performance more than I thought I did. Um, just because you can kind of see him constantly manipulating the situation, but in tiny, tiny ways. Like, Bowie knows that Edward uh, Robinson's going to go for the big kind of thing, and he can be a bit quieter. But then, yeah, mm-hmm. that's 
but then you get on finally get on the boat and that's when it all starts sort of kicking off so no it's now yeah i was like ah, maybe not my favorite bogey but i'm like going, no this is an insanely cool bogey what am i talking about <laughs> yeah because i was kind of surprised that he is very much the straight man like i had just watched the maltese falcon for the first time like oh wow like a week yeah. or so ago you know <laughs> and so I, I was kind of used to seeing him like that and he's very much yeah like a straight the straight man the normal man in this movie mm. but I, I really liked what I got from those parts with um, him and Robinson where he like you said like he's like poking the bear and like kind of egging him on to do I don't know why he was doing that exactly trying to make him more like you're actually you're just gonna make him want to kill people that's actually yeah. probably not a good idea mm. but <laughs> and the fact that Rocco also keeps calling him wise guy Mm. It kind of made me think, like, okay, are they implying that Frank has some kind of, like, weird criminal background that he's not? Because he seems to know a lot about the criminals and the criminal world. Because he says that thing about um, when Nora uh, spits in his face and Rucka's yes. face. yeah. And he has the whole thing. is like, well, now you're just going to have to kill everybody in the room because, like, that can't be stood for that anybody saw that happen mm. at all. So, like, how would you know that kind of stuff? Or, are you a secret gangster there <laughs> i don't know that's probably totally wrong but it just is one of the it's just one of those things where it's like there's there's probably something about the character that they're not entirely revealing you know and that just makes it a little bit a little bit cooler more interesting to me actually i like that reading a lot and i actually think you're right because he does kind of know how this works i mean mm -hmm. nora and her dad and sort of don't they just kind of reacting to each situation that they sort of come across and they don't necessarily know who um, Rocco is or that's gang is or how anything kind of works I mean they just run the hotel in Key Lago and you know they it's hurricane season so they know what to do and all that kind of thing but yeah Frank kind of knows how this game works he kind of yeah you're right, right. He, he yeah he knows like he knows how much there it's something there like he keeps poking him and you're right I mean that's probably not the best situation because it's just going to make <laughs> him want to kill everyone but he doesn't and he knows a lot about him and that scene when he's on the bus going to Key Lago and the cops kind of pull the bus over to look for two other completely different criminals, which I kind of like the fast nature of that in that Norway. Um, how they keep blaming these poor two guys. I know. I love the Osceola brothers. I know. Um, They're so sweet. So sweet. And Bogey gets really nervous when the cops come up. Like, he's a bit kind of straightens up and goes, oh, no, I don't know what you're talking about. So, no, I think he does have a bit of a past. I think he does. Um, this is kind of him coming because uh, they very much make clear that Key Lago is at the end of the world and that you can kind of either get away with everything or you can kind of reset your life. And I think um, Frank going down there to sort of pay homage to his um, his mate, his friends, his dead friend's family is kind of him resetting. So, yeah, I think he's kind of just, and he's, no, yeah, so I think, I think there's something to that. I think you're very, very right. <laughs> and I, I love the thing, and this is going all the way to the end, but I like the thing at the end where um, Nora and they, she calls him dad. I love that. Lionel Barrymore's character, she calls him yeah. dad, even though yeah. it's not really her dad. Yeah. Um, they like they invite Frank to like come and stay with him, and he's like he's really into it. And it seems yeah, Key Largo is supposed to be maybe the the end of the world, and there's nothing really there. But that seems like a pretty awesome aside from the hurricanes. That seems yeah. like a pretty <laughs> awesome life that they've got down there. There's a really sweet relationship between the three of them. Yeah, he, yeah, as soon as Frank meets him, he's instantly very protective and he really likes the idea yeah. of, um, of basically, you know, going to, going to stay with them and sort of hanging out. 
and, and having a new family maybe and it, yeah exactly yeah because he's alone you don't really because you don't actually know much about him all you know is that he was in the army and he was friends with um, um, Lauren Bacall's husband and before he died and all that kind of thing. That's all you know about him. So mm-hmm. he is kind of playing it very straight, very quiet. But he does get these little, because Humphrey Bogart was the best. Um, he does get these little touches of this band with the past. And mm-hmm. I love it. Um, even I though like he, when the cop is asking everybody's name. You know, he yes. gives his name as Frank McLeod, no address. It's like yeah. he has no nowhere to go, no family, no friends anymore. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He is alone. And, um, and so it's kind of great that he just sort of goes, nope, this is my home and I'm going to stand up for it and I'm going to make sure that I get this future and um, Edward G. Robinson is not going to screw this up at all. Um, no, I love how actually he, just, yeah, I love how the just, the, just speaking of how Lionel Barrymore in his wheelchair is just completely calm about this hurricane. It's just like, yeah, we had one in 35 that killed like 30 people. <laughs> it's fine. It oh, that reminds me. Another one of my... Another one of my favorite lines of dialogue, just I, I don't know why I, I latched onto this so much, is when mm. um, they're asking what a, a hurricane is is like, yeah. and I think it's Curly, the 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 bigger guy, who says yeah. that it, it's like the ocean like got up on its legs and like walked across yeah. the land. Just the way that he describes a hurricane, I was like, that's actually really smart and perfect. I love that. It's and, very smart dialogue. I love it. Yeah, it really is. The dialogue is just so great, and like all these kind of bogey and Bacall movies these kind of noirs they've just got these like whip sharp um pieces mm. of dialogue we just like oh yes um and everyone's just kind of great um i do want to get into claire trevor's character a little bit um well, let's talk about uh, lauren bacall first oh lauren bacall first yes the awesome most awesome lauren bacall um again she's gorgeous kind of, for one she's, thing oh, <laughs> gorgeous. oh my god absolutely gorgeous um again kind of playing the straight girl in this i mean yeah. even in dark passage she's a little she's kind of good and she's helping a very suspect uh, bogey but in this one yeah she's playing kind of the epitome of good which again i was thrown by because i'm used to my bacall having teeth um a you little bit more Vitale, yeah but Vitale going on even though she's ballsy i mean she spits in robinson's face which is such yeah. a great moment <laughs> Yes. Queen. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's absolutely fantastic. But she's kind of this solid rock kind of behind mm-hmm. everyone else. It just took me a while to sort of go, oh, she's not going to do that swagger. Or she's not going to walk in and she's not going to hold her chin kind of that weird way she'd hold it to sort of stand up to everyone. But she is playing the role she has been given and she is doing it really well. Yeah, she she's smart and capable like she knows mm. what she's doing she runs this hotel she's in charge but she's also like incredibly sweet i love her relationship with the the native americans that scene where they they come in to find shelter from the hurricanes she is so sweet she loves all these people she's a very loving wonderful person but she also is very um i just think about the those moments when edward g robinson like whispers in her ear um, and her reaction to that, you know, because you don't know what he's saying, but you know it's something like probably it's, gross. Yes, is what he's saying, and her reaction to that is just like it's so heartbreaking in a way. She's just a character mm-hmm. that you you really like. She's just an, a cool chick, and I yes. want to hang out with her and be with her. And that I think that's why um, it's very easy to believe that Bogey would immediately be very protective of her and oh. of uh, Lionel Barrymore. Yeah. No, I absolutely, yes, because you're right, because she is such a sweet person. She, like, takes care of everyone. Um, yeah. You know, she calls um, like, uh, Barrymore dad. 
because um, this is my family, this is my home, and I'm going to help everyone. And it just, you get, there's this shot of um, the Native Americans sort of huddled outside the hotel because yeah. Robinson won't let them in. And it's during a hurricane. And asshole. that's just kind of, it's such an <laughs> asshole. I mean, he's charming and kind of Edward G. Robinson-esque. Um, and then you get that shot of when you, because you kind of forget about them because you're so involved with what's happening in the hotel. And I'm like, wait, wasn't there a whole bunch of people coming in for shelter? Yeah. And then you see them on the balcony. It's like, no! <laughs> and he's totally fucked up the relationship with them. They, there was this good trust and yes. love between the uh, Barrymore and Bacall yeah. and the Native Americans. And he just messed it up because they blame yeah. him. Yes. And then and then they those two guys got killed. I was like, yes. So. It's just... Uh, it's he just he beyond... ruined everything in this movie. He, he really does. Um, he I mean, really he's got does. one of the great entrances. I mean, just him sitting in the bath. In the bathtub. <laughs> yeah. Bathtub with a fan. But it's um, no, you're right. He just sort of comes in. He disrupts everything, and in the most kind of callous and cruel way because he doesn't. It's not for an overarching plan. It's just because they need something right then and there, and they've just decided to take it. And it's so cruel because they do have the system of support for these people who um, maybe are sort of transient and they don't necessarily because of 10,000 years of history and other stuff. Um, And it's just um, heartbreaking that their sort of support network is just taken away and then everything else is taken away as well. It's this really heartbreaking undercurrent. And that's what I love about John Huston. He'll always surprise you in these really weird ways. Especially um, like that, like most movies in 1948 wouldn't have even had that kind of element, but it keeps coming back and it keeps coming back and showing how much Robinson is that kind of breaking apart this community. Yeah. And he doesn't Mm. even have to. He's really only there because he needs a place to meet up with the guy who's going to bring the counterfeit money, right? Yeah. So he doesn't even have to like take over the hotel. They could do it like in secret. He doesn't have to take over the whole hotel. They could just meet up in one of the rooms, but no. He's he's a gangster and he's got to assert like how cool and powerful he is with his little minions and just take over these people's lives for a while and mess it all up. No, it's I keep going back to Goodfellas and um, Scorsese, um, but it's kind of like that Henry Hill thing of what's the point of being a gangster if no one knows you're a gangster? Right. And that is and that is um, which he is all about that in that movie. Um and, also, and this is what this movie is as well. I mean, there's no point in being a gangster if people don't know you're a gangster. And it's kind of this weird thing of from Prohibition. It's of like, you knew who everyone was boot, bootlegging. You knew all that kind of stuff. And now they have to go kind of into more secret because the government's really clamping down on this kind of thing and taking away their income. So now they've just got like, well, what was left is I'm just going to take over these hotel and these poor people and make them yeah. make sure they know who I am. And they're just like, going, we don't care. <laughs> don't care at all. You're, just, no. you're not as cool as you think you are. Sorry. It, yes. Um, coward. He's actually a coward. He is such a coward in this. And he plays it so well. Um, yeah, he can kind of play that bravado. But when you get down to it, he's such a coward. And just when he starts lashing out at people in such the cruel and cruel ways that you can go, no, you're just, you have no idea what you're doing, do you? <laughs> mm-hmm. Saying all that, though, I, I did really, really love him, like, in this movie. Like, I'm so, so excited to see him and other stuff. Like, just the uh. way he plays. His face is so unique and interesting. I'd, I'd love to see some more of him. And. Yeah, he's great at playing a gangster. Like, also another one of my favorite parts is when he just, like, asks for a shave in the <laughs> middle of a hostage situation. Like, what is that? 
That's just another <laughs> another part of his like bravado or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like his ego. You really it's... need to shave right now, really. What are you doing? Oh, oh, I love him so much. I still need to see a lot more of his movies, but he could do anything. Like there's a, there's this amazing movie called Woman in the Window. Not the Amy Adams. Okay. This is uh, back yeah, yeah, in yeah. 1940. You can't remember the exact date, but it's a Fritz Lang movie. And he's playing this kind of everyman who kind of gets swept up in this um, murder cover-up. And it's such an incredible movie because he's just kind of playing this average guy who um, made a decision one night to go off with a girl and then everything suddenly just goes to, goes to crap. And he kind of plays it so well because he's kind of this hand-wringing man, but he does it so well that you... Every single time um, someone asks a question or someone gets too close, you get so worried for him, and he plays it so well. Um, I love him in Double Indemnity. Um, I still um, haven't seen that. Oh my god, you are gonna fall in love I'm, with that movie. I'm terrible with the classics. I'm still doing a lot of catch up. <laughs> oh my god, when you see Double Indemnity, Indemnity, you are gonna fall in love, especially with Barbara Stanwyck. I mean, she's got okay. the worst wig on, but she is on <laughs> fire in that movie. Um, and Richie Robinson kind of plays the good guy and actually in that movie, but he is, oh my God, he is so, so good. Um, yeah, no, every time you see him in a movie, I know he was more known for his gangster roles back in the, especially the early thirties, but that man could pretty much play anything he wanted. And even I think, um, uh, Bogey was deferential to him on set because, um, he apparently used to. Um, walk into set every day because he was sort of saying, no, this is not a Bogey movie. This is an Edward G. Robinson movie. And I thought that was so sweet that Bogey would just go, no, 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 this is the actual star and I'm going to walk you to your to the set every I mean, day. Kind, yeah, I mean, he kind of is, right? Yeah. He's, he's pretty much more the star of the movie than either Bogey or Bacall. Which is, yeah, and I can imagine them awesome. selling it on Bogey and Bacall. And mm-hmm. because they were Bogey and Bacall, they, I mean, oh, just the way they look at each other. It's just, oh, I know oh, it's just like... Oh. Uh, shout out to my friend rachel um she she calls bogey and bacall her parents like her cinematic like i call them because he's my dad (laughs) they're her parents and she actually they had they attended a costume wedding one time and i have seen a picture she dressed up like um she and her partner dressed up like bogey and bacall in key largo Ah. so she's super awesome shout out to you rachel i love you oh that is so awesome just yeah they have this way of looking at each other in every single movie um they're in together um bogey looks like he wants to eat her um in this weird (laughs) kind of way it's just so great and then she just kind of just i think this is one of their last movies together so she's got well i'm married and this is my my soulmate um well i like to think that anyway um and yeah, there's just this, and they've always just had this amazing, easy chemistry, and it works mm-hmm. there so well because as soon as those two meet, they're just linked. She's like, "Yep, they you're part of the family instantly." So well, yeah, so well. It's um, right away. Yeah, and just because of their actual relationship and just their on-screen chemistry, like you don't always get that with married couples on screen that they just click so well on screen as they do off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, I totally agree. Yeah, they're yeah. they're amazing to watch together. Um, so sweet. I, yes, I, I love how protective w- he he is of her. Yes, movie. like there's that one scene where he like puts his arm around her and like walks her away to the couch after she's been upset by by Rocco, and it's just such a sweet little moment. A lot, a lot of those in this movie. Oh, there's just so many little amazing little character um, interplays. Um, I 
just do want to give a shout out to Claire Trevor. I cannot remember her character name because obviously I thought it was Tootsie. Um, but gay, kind gay, of, Dawn. gay, yes. Um, her character is just kind of this weird linchpin in the movie because she's I, kind of there just hanging so out, not really. And then, of course, she just gets brutalized by um, Robinson and very sort of as the movie goes on, you can tell she's switching alliances. But that moment when she has to, when uh, Robinson makes her sing is such a heartbreaking moment because you can tell mm-hmm. this is a woman who, again, as I said, links alcohol with the men that she's dating. Um, and she hasn't seen him for a while and she's just kind of brought along for the ride. But when she's forced to sing and she can tell she's so nervous um, about it, it's just kind of this heartbreaking moment of you just feel for this woman. Um, I loved yeah. her performance in this. I, I felt for her the whole time. Yeah, like yeah. at first when she com- <clears throat> sorry, at first when she comes in, you wonder why she's there to begin yeah. with, because she's kind of just that one that they the guys treat her like absolute shit. She is just like the she's like oh they just talk about how she's a lush and they like yeah. push her around and stuff and it's just, it's heartbreaking to watch her. But you also wonder like well what is what is she doing here? And when she she sings that song, it's like. I thought that was awesome because not awesome, but it's just amazingly the scene was amazing to watch because you can see it in her face that she's what she's singing. She's realizing that she's singing about herself in, yes. the, in the lyrics and the words that mm. she's singing. And by the end, it you realize why she was there to begin with. It's like you keep pushing her down, pushing her down, and she's finally gonna fight back. Yeah, and be the be the one that like turns it all around and. Uh, that was such a great like um, redemption for her because there wasn't much to her character to begin with. But then as the movie goes on, there's slowly all this stuff revealed. Like um, the fact that she's an alcoholic, they just make fun of her for it the whole time. And like that's a, she's obviously like very very deep into that. Like she's I'm literally getting the shakes yes. from it. So she she needs help. <laughs> Yeah, and they're just treating her like absolute garbage, and she needs to get out, and she needs not to blame her for anything. Like she needs to stand up for herself and get out. You know? Yeah, she needs. She, to, re- she really does. Yeah, you can tell she's. I'm this glad kind that of, she does. Yes, I'm so glad that she does, and you can kind of tell she's this kind of, um, and not uh, wrong word, but the only one I can come up this relic of the prohibition era when it was all fun and games. You're all sort of drinking. And then the party went um, too long for her. And she just kind of like, oh, no. Yeah, she keeps going, I need a drink. I need a drink. It's not like she wants a drink. She needs a drink. She needs a drink. She's Yeah, she needs help. (laughs) She needs help. And she needs kind of, and the only people that give her kindness and compassion is, of course, Frank and um, Bacall. And that's because she's like, well, these people are being kind to me. um, And, you know, they're helping me. Of course, I'm going to switch allegiances to them. Why would I keep um, doing what these guys say when all they keep doing is berating me and putting me down and calling me a lush and a thingy? And then just when you can kind of see that she's in actual, not in a good state, um, it's this kind of amazing moment. And there's just so much um, Claire Trevor brings to that role because, yeah, at the beginning, you don't know why she's there. She's kind of annoying. She's just kind of this um, – she's an older um, – they do this a lot in sort of the classic movies where you have that um, – again, the party's gone on too long. She's older. She, used to, she to, used to be young and beautiful and used to be very young talented. And beautiful. And yeah. Yes. 
Um, it's like when you get into the all sort of the old exploitation movies of the of the sixties, where you have these older women who are still kind of trapped in that mindset of, oh no, I'm so young and beautiful. I, that's when yeah. I have power. This is it. And she's kind of that kind of character, and you kind of see that kind of facade crumble away, especially during that song, and realize, oh no, I am in this situation. This is who I am. I need to start making changes because I can't keep going on like this. Um, I will, yeah. And it's, it, I just that was kind of one of the stand up performances. I just kind of fell in love with this <laughs> broken woman. I absolutely I loved too. it. Yeah. And out of everybody in this movie, she's the only one that I think she won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress, right? Or was she not just yeah. nominated? I forgot. I think it was one of the two. Um, but yeah, I think she was at least nominated and she completely deserves it because yeah. though Edward G. Robinson just throwing awards at him in this, this movie because <laughs> He can, um, I mean, he is allowed to go so big in this. Um, and he does, absolutely, because he knows that the scenery is his to chew. Um, everyone else kind of has to react to him, has to do kind of s- surround him. So he can just go in and just do whatever he wants. And he does. And it's just a brilliant, brilliant performance. Um, yeah, and, but she's, yeah. Claire Trevor is right up there with him. Yeah, I actually, I was surprised. I found, maybe not the first time around, but the second time that I watched the movie, I was like, she's really kind of the standout of this movie and, like, maybe the most important character this movie, the one with the biggest arc. Yeah, she really especially. is. Every, yes. Um, and you're right. She actually did win the Academy Award for Best Supporting, which, ah, um, yes. And, but you're right. She does have the biggest arc. She is kind of the secret stealth kind of one because everyone has very archetypical arcs. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, Frank and uh, Bogey is the hero. So he has that hero arc. Um, Bacall is more the, um, even though she's quite a um, bullshit damsel, but she's still the one that's kind of needs to be saved, even though she's kind of able to control or help everything yeah. around her. Um, Rocco is the bad guy, so he goes through his bad guy arc. But it, yeah, you're right. It's Claire that actually has the kind of the bigger arc of everyone, and she's kind of does it so stealthily. I love it. <laughs> yeah, she's so good. Like that um, when they're about to take Frank off on the boat, and she she flips out for a second, like "Take me with you, Rocco." Yeah. I was I was watching it, like, "Hold on a second. I thought we were past this. What are you doing?" And then she, <laughs> you see that she slips Frank the gun. I was like, "Yes, she's yes. so good." Yeah, because she's totally playing into what they think of her and yes. she's realizing like no i'm not that i'm smarter and i'm better than that and you can see that in the, that last performance and i love it ah yeah when she slips in go. the gun Way and the go, look Gain. they give each other Gain. yes yeah and they <laughs> she they give the look oh it's so good <laughs> um anything else you want to say about key Lago before we move on to um uh did come not really uh the last yeah. part on the boat was could have been a little bit more exciting, I have to mm. say. When he's um, he's when Frank is there with the gangsters, like that scene where he's like he's up above and all the other guys are dead, and um, Rocco just keeps talking to him like from the bottom of the stairs. I was like, how long is this gonna go on? <laughs> <laughs> just come out and shoot him already. <laughs> exactly. It's yeah. It does go on a bit too long. Um, it was just like, come on, just just shoot him come on just you, you know you're going to um and then he does and then he goes back and it's just like you would okay just are you just toying with him at this point yeah just just a minor little thing that part could have been just a little bit more exciting maybe yes yeah especially because everything in the shot, hotel yeah the final shot of the movie is probably my favorite thing though when she opens the window 
when uh, Nora, after they realize yeah. that Frank is okay and he's going to come back, Nora goes over and opens the window and like that sun streaming in is so bright. I was like, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful that- way to end this movie. Loved it. Oh no, it is absolutely perfect and it just in it just everything's gonna be okay. It's everything's yeah. just gonna be fine. These guys are gonna live on Key Lago and hang out and yeah, it's it's all gonna be okay. Um and with that we are gonna go into Dead Calm. Um just yeah. one of the most Billy Zaniest movies that there ever was. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so uh, we are sitting down. Um, no one knows what we're gonna be watching. What is your first trailer? My first trailer is a movie I don't really have to explain a whole lot, but it'll definitely confuse some people about what's coming up. Um, 1997, I'm going to show the trailer for Titanic. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) All right, you have my attention. Can you tell us who the woman in the picture is? Oh, yes. The woman in the picture is me. There's a fine match with Hockley. It will ensure our survival. I know you've been melancholy. I don't pretend to know why. Don't come any closer. I'll let go. No, you won't. Why can't I be like you, Jack? Just head out for the horizon whenever I feel like it. I've got ten bucks in my pocket. I have nothing to offer you, and I know how the world works. I'm flying! Jack, this is where we first met. <laughs> Not gonna lie, totally had this written down as well. Um, really? Yeah, how could you not? Across Billy Zane. Do... High five. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Um It's yeah. Billy Zane does not. Yeah, Brian and I yeah. were talking about this because I was like, I don't know what trailers to pick, and I was thinking he was like, Well, what's who's the villain? I was like, Billy Zane, and they, at the same time we were both like Titanic because <laughs> it's Billy Zane as a villain on a boat. Come on. <laughs> yeah, Billy Zane does not do well on boats. Um... No, he doesn't. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He's um, no. I... Look, I love Titanic. Um, I was 16 when this movie came out, and I was very appreciative that James Cameron made a $200 million movie just for mm-hmm. me. Um, I don't know, that hit every single 16-year-old Lindsay's want and need in that movie, including Billy Zane as the mustache-twirling bad guy in that movie. Yep. Um, he's just... Look, he's he's doing a thing, He's but he's doing it well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He no, you don't does. need to explain. Yeah, he always does. He goes in and he and he does does the thing with full gusto, and you have to love him for that. <laughs> um, no, that credit need, need, needs no explanation. Cue the Celine Dion. Um, yeah, it's Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so for my first trailer, I am going to go for. I'm going to go for some Hitchcock, Lifeboat, 1944. Nice, yeah. George. What do you say, Joe? Do I get to vote, too? Why, why, certainly. I guess I'd rather stay out of this. How about you, sister? My baby's dead. Does anyone know the service for burial at sea? I, I suppose any prayer would do. As we see now, the Lord is my shepherd, uh, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He, uh, he, uh, he leadeth me beside the still waters. Um, yes, this is a movie. I that. Uh. Yeah. Um, this, no, this was after some Googling. Um, <laughs> boat movies. Ah, oh, that's right. <laughs> Did you go away, lifeboat? Oh, yeah. Duh. Yeah. 
And that will make a great trailer. I haven't seen this movie in years and I didn't get a chance to rewatch it. But it is just, from memory, it's just one of those great single location, no one can go anywhere um, kind of movies. And the interplay between the characters, I just remember being so much fun. So yeah, that is going to be my first trailer. Um, what is your second trailer for Dead Calm? Uh, my second one. Okay, so you're thinking, okay, Titanic, a boat movie or whatever. And then the next one might give you a little bit more of a hint about mm. what movie is coming up next. Because Dead Calm is pretty well known, I realized after I yeah. saw it. I, was, I thought it was this, like, this, little, this little movie that no one else had ever heard of. But yeah, everyone yeah. loves Dead Calm. Yeah. Um, but maybe they don't know this one as well. Um, it's one of my favorite movies for some reason. I love this movie. 1993's Malice. The power to heal can be an enormous thing. To save a life, to get blood flowing into cells. If a person can do that, such a person would think that he could do anything. The power to heal can be like a drug. Turns out that your hospital has a new surgeon, this whiz kid from Mass General. So I went back to introduce myself. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. We went to high school together. Uh, speak of the devil. Perfect. I didn't think of malice, but yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's got Nicole Kidman, obviously. But yes. it's also kind of a similar thing. It's, it's Nicole Kidman, Bill Pullman, and Alec Baldwin. So it's mm. kind of Nicole Kidman with in the middle of these two guys. Um, in a way, you know, she's got like one guy that she's she's with or pretending to be with. Uh, it gets a bit confusing. With, <laughs> it, yeah, if you've never seen that movie, it's it's awesome. It's such a great like little twisty thriller. Uh. I, I fucking love it so much. If, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's the one where Alec Baldwin is like, I am God. Whole, yes, he has this whole God <laughs> complex thing. I am God. I am God. Um, I love love that movie, but I thought oh, that would be me t- perfect for. It absolutely perfect. Going right into I, Yeah, I love Malice. I love Nicole Kidman's performance in Malice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she is awesome. incredible because she's doing. She's having to do multiple things, yeah. multiple personalities in this movie, and um, I love it. I love Pullman's um, and then Alec Baldwin's. Yeah, just because he's full <laughs> Baldwin in this movie because he's giving a speech of how he is God, and you're like going, yep. I believe you oh, believe God. this in this moment. <laughs> I know, God. Um, it's so annoying. But they're so, good. They're all, they're all, the three mains in that movie are awesome. And I lo- like I said, I love like the, the twisty, turny, like thriller shit. It's like, my, yes. my, totally my bag. So I've, I've loved this movie for years. And Kino Lorber has a great Blu-ray of it. Ah, yeah, I only FYI. find, yes, good to know. Because I only find saw this a few years ago um, after going, yeah, Malice is great. I'm like, fine, I should check out Malice. I'm sitting there going, oh, this is amazing. It's um, such a great, tight little thriller. Um, Mm -hmm. Okay, so, okay, so, yep, still don't quite know what you're watching. We've had all these kind of boat movies and then, um, and then Malice. So my final trailer is going to be Misery from 1991. You almost died. You have a compound fracture of the tibia in both legs and the fibula in the right leg is fractured too. And as soon as the roads open, I'll take you to a hospital. In the meantime, you've got a lot of recovering to do. There is nothing to worry about. You're gonna be just fine. I'm your number one fan. You mean Paul Sheldon, the writer? Well, everybody sure likes those miserable. Dirty bird. 
could you? Misery Chastain cannot be dead. Misery Spirit is still alive. I don't want her spirit! I want her! And you murdered her! Um, again, not a movie that needs much explanation because um, it's just a two-hander between um, Kathy Bates and James Kahn. Um, but it is just this amazing look at how do you deal with a personality that um, there is no dealing with, I think is probably what I'm trying to search for. I mean, unpredictable. Yeah. Um, no impulse control, no nothing. It is just what Kathy Bates wants, she she wants. Uh, and um, no, I, I this is a movie I have loved for a very long time. Um, I remember I used to watch it when I was really young and it always freaked the living bollocks out of me for obvious reasons. <laughs> um, but there was something captivating about those performances and just how they dealt with each other. And um, yeah, no, I, I, love, I love Misery. Oh yeah, I do too. I mean, mm. one of my favorite Stephen King adaptations. It's such a, Central performances obviously are are absolutely perfect. Single location kind of thing. Yeah. Obviously, again, it's another thing that I just absolutely love and um, love the the sheriff and his wife oh. <laughs> the most. But yes. most yeah, mostly Kathy Bates is is very actually very similar to Billy Zane in this, where mm. you super sweet one minute, but then can just instantly like turn on a dime and just you, you have no idea what what he's gonna do next. Which makes him oh. very creepy in this movie. Very, very creepy. So that's very, a good it's a good little pairing. I like that. That's yeah. Good. Yes. Um, and with that, we are gonna be going getting in to Dead Calm from nineteen eighty nine. Alone on a sea of endless calm. It was easy to imagine they were the only two people on earth. But into their perfect world there came a stranger. Stand up! Trying to take her across the Pacific. On your own? No. There were six of us. Yeah, this died ten days ago. I'm going on board her. Can't do that. He's fast asleep. He won't even know. What about those people, huh? There wasn't any food poisoning. What's there? Um, now I've grown, I grew up with this movie. Um, when, do, do you remember the first time that you saw Dead Calm? Um, it was just a few years ago, actually. Um, I mm. was just at Best Buy one day and I was digging mm. through like the little $5 bin of Blu-rays and I saw this one called Dead Calm and I was like, Sam Neill, Nicole Kidman, Billy Zane, hell yeah. <laughs> like I'd never, I'd never heard of it before and I just bought it cause it was really cheap and mm. I haven't watched it and it's like, it's a fucking great movie. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. So I love it. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, this was on TV a lot when I was growing up. It was just kind it's of this sort of staple. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and then I remember when I was watching, uh, went to saw Titanic for the first time, I was like, hey, it's the guy from Dead Calm. Um, <laughs> and, but no, this is such a tight thriller that is kind of one of those sort of examples of if, um, if a 1940s noir is all about the language and this kind of great dialogue, then sort of the late 80s, early 90s, you're getting into sort of more just the physicality of the thing. I mean, this, when this movie starts... And the starts, mood and the atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. It's not really about what they're saying. It's about what they're doing, how they're moving, the mood, um, especially Sam Neill on the party boat. Um, it's just, it when this movie really kicks off, and it kicks off when Billy Zane enters the movie, this movie does not stop. I mean, especially yeah. that last act, it is just go, go, go. 
I hadn't seen this in a couple of years. The one thing I always remembered, though, the image that was always in my head was of her getting her hair shampooed at the end. That's so creepy. Oh, I know. <laughs> that's um, the one I thing know. I rem- like. I remembered most of the movie, but like that, that's the one thing that really stuck with me is those bloody hands coming up to her head. Uh. Uh, it's such a. <laughs> and I know. The movie I know. is really quiet most of the time. Like yes, except for between the characters there's actually not a lot of music in the movie it's no, very isn't. just super eerie feeling that it's just you're you're in there with them the whole time and then every once in a while there'll just be these bursts of violence that seem to come out of nowhere and it's it's a really cool movie i love the way that it was done it's not it's not at all probably what you would expect from one like this where it's it's not really a lot of physicality it's a lot of just them trying uh, mostly nicole kidman's character uh, what's her name um, oh, right. Mm. Mostly her. I don't really like it in a way because I wish that there was more Sam Neill. Sam Neill is like by himself most of the movie, <laughs> which is kind of sad. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I kind but of wish I, they were together more, but I get why they're not. Yeah. yeah. But I do love that it's it's mostly about her using her smarts to go up against this guy. Like when she's the most troubled character probably out of the three just um because of yeah the death of her son and it's really kind of about her i don't know i hadn't thought about this beforehand so i don't know what i'm saying but you know it's about her kind of coming back into her own like getting over that and not getting over it but you know like helping her to get over it find her strength again maybe yeah, I think, no, you're absolutely right because she is, she was only like 19, 20 when she filmed this and yeah. she's having to go up against this kind of, I call him a tight walnut with huge eyes, Billy Zane. I don't know why. He's just like this tight, compact animal um, that has absolutely no impulse, impulse control. He's a complete sociopath um, and he doesn't want the bummer of having to deal with this couple who don't want him yeah. on their boat. <laughs> and it's... Um, and she only has her wits about her and what she has around her physically on the boat, like the drugs or the harpoon kind of thing or the, um, or even herself, technically. Yeah. She only has these things. And because Sam Neill has been taken away, he's now on the, the death boat, death party boat, which is sinking. So he's got his own kind of thing. And yeah, you're right, because he's got no one to talk to. So it's literally just um, him working away trying to stay alive and then you have Nicole Kidman who's literally just going okay I have this thing in front of me I have this thing guy with crazy eyes I I need to work this out in some shape or form and it's yeah it is kind of gets very instinctual in a way because a lot of the time it's just Nicole Kidman looking around her going okay what do I do now what do I do now and considering what her character has been through like Mm. you would almost kind of expect her to just wilt and cower beneath this guy who's just completely unpredictable like we said yeah <laughs> like it just it's that makes him even more creepy to me but no she doesn't do that she's she kind of she stands up almost right away and she she realizes that she's she's got to do something like she can't she can't just let him take her over she's yeah. not gonna let him do that uh, i really like that about her character no, I do as well. And there's this kind of strength. Like, at the beginning of the movie, this is this broken woman. Um, she's trying to just figure out how even how to get up in the morning. And um, then, of course, um, 
Billy's hand comes into her life and all of a sudden she's like, right, I can die because that's probably what's going to happen at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Or I can actually just try and figure out how to stay alive, not, but also beat him or kill him so I can actually physically take this boat and turn it around. Because the whole thing is that they've rescued uh, Billy Zane from a sinking boat. He's told this very, very bad lie about something. So Sam Neill goes to investigate said party boat. And then Billy Zane's just like, well, you know what? I'm bored. I just want to take this boat and go somewhere else. Um, I love the fact that he's almost like a child in that respect. Like he just, yeah. he doesn't have a huge attention span. He's, he's kind of this wild kind of creature, but at the same time, he's like this big kid who doesn't like being told no. And his tantrums, yeah. unfortunately, mean great he does violence. have very childlike <laughs> tantrums. In this movie. Oh. Yeah. And I, I'm still kind of a little bit confused as to what exactly happened on the boat i still don't really get it i couldn't really piece that together too well because the story that he tells them is that there were six of them on the boat and that the rest of them all died from like uh botulism food poisoning from canned salmon or whatever but when sam neil goes over to the boat to investigate and uh, ends up getting trapped there when they leave him Hmm. um they all he sees is he finds the bodies one of which I think is decapitated. So there's a few dismemberments happening. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and then he sees the video of. Okay, so apparently on this, it was like a girls gone wild kind of boat. I think. I think it was. Yeah, and then Billy and he, was, decided... and he was and he was the videographer, and there's yeah. just a couple of stuff of him like going a little crazy. But I couldn't. I was like, what really? What happened on this thing? I don't get it. I don't know. I'd love a movie to actually find out what actually happened. What right, like a prequel. For, to, to kill everyone. Um, it's kind of, yeah, because you don't quite know. I don't even know if he was the video guy. I think he was actually just meant to be there with the girls gone wild. Because you're just hearing audio. I thought he was behind the camera. Yeah, I he was. I, I, once to, I think he was as well, but he was kind of, just he was trying to be an artist or something. Again, it's that childlike, no, I want to do it this way. And then, yeah. and then this other point where I heard him like, can you just dance for me? Um, and he's going, no, I want to do this. And so I don't even, um, know if he was working behind the camera or if he was meant to be kind of a, everything. Um, I think there was like a director or a guy that was kind of in charge that he was working under and he was being like, maybe part of the story is true. Maybe some of them did die. I don't know. I don't know if he could have killed five people. I don't know. know. It's, um, yeah, he's pretty. He's he's pretty out there. He probably could have done it. <laughs> um, no, just because he would have been a nightmare to work with, just on point. Because he's like, no, but if you use this shadow, and the guy's like, no, I want boobs. That's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it's this kind of girls gone wild situation, and you kind of just when you see kind of what is left on the boat, you're just like, was he just like chopping up bodies for like three days, and then Maybe, got bored, right? Something else. I don't know. I love the fact that this is um, a psychopath who has the attention span of a newt. Like, he keeps changing <laughs> his mind on what he kind of wants. And it's just, he's so in the moment that it's insane. Um, and, yeah, I just love how Sam, poor Sam Eels, now on this boat with all these dead bodies, it's sinking and the other boat has left. So he's, it's just this, like, kind of, oh, no <laughs> situation. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Maybe he was the perfect person to, to be there, though. He he knows about boats. He, he knew how to fix the boat. He knew how to yes. work the radio to get in touch. I love those scenes where they're on the radio, even though they can't talk to each other. And he's like doing he, Morse code. Yeah. Yeah. She um, she can talk to him and he can hear her, but she can't hear him. So he just like replies with clicks and it's you can yeah. still feel like the love between them. I think in that scene, too. It's very sweet. <laughs> um no it's it's so very sweet and um even though there's 20 years difference between them they do have a really sweet relationship like um after their son dies his of sam uh samuel's first reaction is like nope i'm taking her away i'm putting her in the middle <gasps> what of the ocean. a horrible by the way the flashback of the car accident oh my god that kid i totally what? forgot about that <laughs> There's yeah, a full-on shot of a kid flying through the windshield, like a little two-year-old. I was like, whoa. Yeah. No, and it's not just, um, and it's not just like a two-year-old being killed. It's him flying through a windshield. I mean, he yeah. really, he's like a freaking cannonball. It's like, it's so jarring because it's, because I keep forgetting about that moment because I'm always just remembering them on the boat. And then all of a sudden you see, yeah. um, him getting out of his chair that. and you're like that's not good <laughs> yeah it's so sweet because he drops his toy and he unbuckles yes. himself from his seat and, uh, oh. that's a horrible scene horrible i know and you're just like yes that is why the kid is completely screwed up that would just right if, i mean let alone that's her son so it's just this kind of holy crap so yeah um samuel who i think is john takes her out into the middle of the ocean just to go right you just need to and you need to you need time to heal and um because or heal as much as you can and unfortunately then they meet huey <laughs> um no it's very it cool is... though that they've they've already been out on the water for i think three weeks before yeah. this happens and i was just thinking like that actually sounds like the perfect vacation <laughs> let's just go be isolated on a boat away from everybody and everything i know for a while. And... even if you don't have some trauma to recover from <laughs> god that would be awesome <laughs> Oh, Maybe I not know. for that long. No, not Maybe for that for, long. Just a few weeks. I think they're planning to like circumvent the whole Pacific like for ages. Like, and just the whole thing of Nicole Kidman swimming in the ocean terrified me because I'm like going right. There's just the boat. <laughs> There's nothing else. <laughs> it's just um yeah that those whenever she's in the water I and she's just hanging out in the water. It's not even like those are tense scenes. They're just like yeah I'm just hanging out. But I'm like going. No, but there's no. There's just a boat. How I know I couldn't. I don't think I could do that. Just be in the ocean next to a boat. <laughs> just imagine something happening and like you can't get back on the boat. Like yeah, that'd be no. terrifying. Oh no, there's that movie. There's that movie that I think is literally about that, and I've never seen it just because the whole idea of being left in the ocean just does open water. Right. I, yeah, I can't. I, I just. I, <laughs> it's probably not as bad as my imagination, which like most movies. But I'm just like. That concept, no. <laughs> it's pretty good. You should check it yes. out. Yes, <laughs> I, I will eventually. I will thing up and but um yeah there's a and yeah so you've just let your got to open water and your only kind of thing is a boat and then yeah it's just such a tight movie everything it just mm-hmm. constantly moves and all the performances are great and you just can't help yeah, yeah all three of these guys you just want to watch everything they do even when there is long things of um no dialogue and everything kind of has it's another one of those movies that i love where everything has a great payoff yes at the end like everything that they kind of set up even if it's like bad for the characters it has a really cool payoff like the thing with um 
the dog that likes to go play fetch in the ocean. Again, fucks it up for Ray when she tries to throw the keys <laughs> overboard. The, the fucking dog brings it back. It's like ben. why? Why did you up, do that? Yeah, they set up the thing with the flare when they um, when they do, yes when they they deflate the raft at the end of the movie. They show the flare. And everything, and that comes back at the very, very end. <laughs> and it's all, oh, that the most, is... uh, most awesome part of the movie. We'll get I, to that. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, yes, I know that was a reshoot. Yeah, it was, and but I'm kind of glad that it's in there just I am. for the shot because it's awesome. Yeah, you uh, needed that. I, they said no, they were the, her taking the pills. Yeah, for yes, um, I think it's anxiety or something. Maybe anxiety, probably depression, or multiple things yeah. that she's gone through. Um, yeah, and then she's kind of reads the label, do not take more than two. She's like, well, I'm giving this motherfucker five. Um, yep. It's just, and then I love how it doesn't work straight away because he's still fighting her and he's attacking her and he's about to shoot her and just the amazing shot of her under the desk with the chair and she's moving it so he mm-hmm. can't get a clear shot. And all you can see is her eye is such a good yeah. shot. And then that's when he starts going, oh, I'm seeing two Nicoles. Um, and you really start, he's getting woozy and he's not able to, um, it doesn't completely knock him out. It just makes him easier to beat up, which I liked. Um, it wasn't a beat that you would usually get in that movie. Um, it, it keeps kind of playing with your expectations in these little ways. Yeah, there's lots of great, like, little individual shots like that. In yeah. The movie. One of my favorite ones is um, after, after she's, unfortunately, does the dog die? Yes. In this yes. movie, unfortunately, Ben is harpooned <laughs> through the yes. door but right after that like when she's coming out into that little hallway and there's a great shot of him like just pushing out from the curtains yes good jumps makes me jump every good, single time yeah good jump scare perfectly done uh yeah it's just the timing of it and it's just billy zane's face right in the screen Mm-hmm. And to see, it would have been amazing to see that on a large screen because it just would have just been his face just jumping out at you and just, oh my God. No, I love the um, thing of when he first wakes up and he's realized that they've locked him after he's kind of thing and Samuel's just gone to the other boat. Um, and Billy Zane's woken up and he's realized that they've locked him in this room because, you know, they don't completely trust him for obvious reasons. Yeah. And he's trying to get out and he, there's this little hatch he can push up. Yeah. And you just see his face, like, in the, it's just this creepy little moment. I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> Things are yeah. not going to go well. It's just, and he's just looking around, and, yeah, it's such a great little moment. Just stuff like or that. When, just... Or when she wakes up after she's now alone with him on the boat, and she wakes yes. up, and he's just on the deck dancing. <laughs> creepy bad guys always dance to, like, you know... Uh, yeah, he music looks, you should he not looks, be dancing to either. Nuts. Yes, he, um, he just looks nuts in that scene, and you can you can kind of tell where what kind of character he's going to be maybe from that. So he's yes. going to be just unhinged and unpredictable. And she's, uh, I so admire her character for for dealing with this guy in the way that she does. Even if she has, there are things that she has to do to survive. No, no, and I kind of like how, just because I feel in a lot of movies, um, that would be a full-on sexual assault scene. I mean, it still kind it of is. is. It, it's uh, totally yeah. a rape scene. It's totally a rape scene, but the way it's kind of handled is that um, you realize it's a life-or-death situation, and you, mm-hmm. that's when you can kind of see her starting to really take the upper hand in it, if that makes sense. So, yeah, she's being sexually assaulted, she kno- but she's kind of... Yeah. 
yeah, she knows she's guys are wave. dumb. Yeah, yes. she knows guys are dumb, and the, he's gonna gonna go for it, and that's gonna make and he does him <laughs> trust him. I read yes. some very concerning like dialogue on <laughs> this part of the movie when I was reading about this movie online. Yeah, yeah. people like. For totally reading into this whole scene wrong, I was like, okay, one that's absolutely a rape scene. There's a power dynamic going on. Oh yeah. There. There's there's no way that that's not coercion, in some yeah. way. And yeah, <laughs> just people uh, have very wrong attitudes about that, which I, oh, I was was not happy to read. But yeah, oh, it's, I can imagine. Yes, it's like no, that's an absolute sexual assault scene. If someone's yes. like in that situation and. Yeah, she's kind of using it to her, her advantage, which I like. But at the same time, she knows that it's going to happen. So she's like, well, I can either use this to... I'm going to have to go through with this. I'm going to have to use it to my advantage. Or it's going to be even worse. And okay, yeah. now he trusts me. Now I can, I can do go yeah. and do everything else. But no, it's an absolute sexual assault scene. And yeah. I do I like, can do I this like, and I can survive mm-hmm. this. If, I can, if that means that I can get the upper hand eventually and yeah. take him out. Yeah. So this is very yeah, strong of her of... character to do that because that's, that's oh, fucking hard. That is so hard because there's this moment where just after, I mean, just waking up and watching, just imagine waking up in, on a boat that has been taken by Billy Zane and then you're just seeing him dancing. Yeah. It would just be like, what a friggin', oh my God. And then the next thing he does is he has a conversation, calls himself an artist and then says, oh, you have amazing bone structure. It's like, that is not something you want to hear in that situation uh, at all. Yeah. And I think, yeah, so you were literally watching her just doing, getting to survive and then just tr- crawling up, getting the their hand, figuring out that Jonzo at least is on a sinking boat but is still alive, figuring out that, um, okay, I need to incapacitate him in some way to, so I can turn the boat around. And she gets close so many times, but then yeah. he keeps falling her. And it's just this kind of raising the stakes, raising the stakes. and um, Or Ben screws though- it up again. Yes, <laughs> constantly. Just like, Sorry. just don't go after the keys. Just <laughs> or when he barks when she's um, right before the assault scene when um, he yeah. she gets up, she's getting up to get the the gun and the these barks and he's like, damn it, Ben. Because that's, not a good that's dog what in makes that scene so hard too is that she keeps she tries to get out of it so many times to stop it yeah. from being actual like what it ends up it ends up happening and that's what makes it yeah. really heartbreaking. I. Yeah. yeah. I forgot about that scene. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It's it's a heartbreaking scene. And you're right, Ben just keeps screwing it up every single time. And you're just like, you're a good dog. You're just <laughs> too good at the moment. This, I know you're meant to be doing what dogs do. But just <laughs> right? be a movie dog. <laughs> poor Ben. Poor Ben. Oh, poor Ben. Um, yeah, yeah, but it's... I don't know. This I love this this movie. It is just again. I keep calling it a tight thriller because it is, and it doesn't stop. And even when the ending happens, and he's kind of on the life raft behind the boat, um, and I love the scene when she goes back to get um, Sam Neill, and he's kind of on the raft, and you just see the flare in the sky. It is such a beautiful kind of moment yeah. of um, pathos. Again, the light coming into the movie. Oh, things are going to be okay. Kind of moment. Same with Key Largo. And Sam Neill does actually kind of have the same kind of moments, I think, that, that she does in a way. The, the burning up the boat, for some reason, kind of feels yes. like a cathartic release in a way, which is weird. Because, yeah, when he 
is finally leaving that that sinking boat he just like freaking lights it up and it's another smart thing that it's like they have this like unspoken communication about what they need to do to get back to each other because she can obviously see the big i think he knows i think he knows that she will be able to see that and will be able to find him which I thought was a great that even though they're not together in the movie a whole lot, they still have a, like a strange connection in that way that they they know how to get back to each other, and that's what they is ultimately their goal. Obviously, at the end, yeah. And you're talking about payoffs and um, kind of thing in the movie when he's about to get back on the boat because he's kind of realized what's happening. She's going, oh no, this guy's a lunatic, and he's on the life, he's on the rowboat, and he's just about to get on the boat. Um, and she's reaching out for him, but then he, then Billy Zane knocks her out and he doesn't get that chance. The moment on the raft when she's coming out for him again, oh, yes. and then they actually clasp hands is, um, this kind of great moment. Cause you're right. It is about these two have this, re- they're not in the movie much together, but they have this way of communicating whether by the radio, whether he knows to set the boat on fire and then her reaching out that moment of when they finally grab each other is such a great moment. Yeah, because they kind of build that up a little bit with her with her ha- their hands out, and you wonder yeah. like, are they gonna? Is she gonna grab it? Is, yeah. Are they finally gonna give out together? And they do, and it's uh, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. And then the the last scene. <laughs> oh my god, the last scene is amazing. Um, yeah, so everything is apparently fine on the boat. Billy Zane is no more. They've you know, well, they see, they the... find yeah they find the left raft and he's not there. So they yes. wonder if maybe he's gone overboard, if he's dead, or if he's coming back. Because yeah, you do see the bloody handprint on the side of the boat. Yeah. Um, which is amazing. And so yeah, Nicole Kidman goes for another death swim. Um, it's just, I can't get over that. It's just like no. Um, and she gets back on the boat, and Samuel's washing her hair, and then he goes back. Which is saying, a great. Oh, that's a great little moment between the two of them. Like, I want somebody yeah. to wash my hair like that. You know, that's a great kind of like, just another part of their, their, their love relationship. Yes, anyway. You know, it just, it's, it's very lovingly just washing her hair, washing the salt water out of her hair. It's a very and, intimate very moment that is, yeah, it's very intimate and very, very beautiful, which makes it even creepier when <laughs> yes. you think, see these bloody red hands <laughs> come back and start washing her hair again. Um... And she's just talking to him like it's, you know, her husband. And it's this very intimate moment. And you're just like going, oh, no. No, no, no. It's not John. It's not John. <laughs> it's not John. Turn around. Turn around. And, of course, Samuel comes out and sees it. And he gets the flare. It is, <laughs> oh, my God. If you're going to kill someone, this is how you kill someone. This is how you do it. Because <laughs> there's a little a bit of a scuffle, the... a scuffle yes. between... Um, Ray, Ray and, and, and Huey. Yeah. Huey, yeah. I always forget his name. Huey. What's a, what, what kind of name is that, anyway, for a villain? Huey. I don't know. It's, it does not suit him, yet it is, again, Doesn't another thing about him. It's like, so why Huey? <laughs> I don't know. But I love the way they do that. Yeah, when it's, um, he can just see, like, the shadows of them on the other side of the sail. Yeah. And he shoots, the, the, go, the flare goes through the sail right into yeah. his mouth. That's awesome. Not even in the face, in his mouth. In his mouth. I love it. Yeah, his mouth. His head explodes. Um, No, the fact, again, it's like him reaching for the first thing he can find, which is the flare. Again, it's just like, not this movie of coming up with this great plan. It's a movie of just grabbing what is right in front of you and using it, which I love about Dead Calm. And yeah, Billy Zane's head explodes. You've seen how that flare works before. You just go like that. You just, oh my God. It's such a great death moment for a villain. Um, It's, just 
bats it shit crazy and yeah he falls into the um into the sea and that's the end <laughs> happy ending and yeah it's gonna be okay but um i know the monster coming back can be sometimes a tired trope but this one i generally do love just because of the way he's taken out again right <laughs> yes i love that as maybe as as over the top and maybe not as consistent with the rest of the movie as that single shot is yes i still love it i'm sorry i can't help it i know me too i know because <laughs> i don't care when, i don't care i, know. I want it in when, yes because when ray kind of first takes him out she obviously doesn't kill him but she just kind of you know knocks him on the head kicks him in the nuts which yes um she does get him in the shoulder with the harpoon yeah oh yeah the shoulder and oh my scene when he, he's obviously against the door and you can see him like pulling out obviously mm-hmm. god that would have hurt and you can kind of he's got this look in his face of you know pain doesn't hurt <laughs> kind of thing when he's trying to get close to it he's got a thing in his shoulder that's attached to the door and you're just like going oh this guy you can feel it <laughs> yes you can yeah Gripping my shoulder as I speak. Um, but yeah, it's just, I don't know, all three performances, I, I know it's a Twitter thing, but, you know, they all of them understood the assignment. Um, Nicole Kidman mm-hmm. knew how to play her role. In fact, she learned how to sail a boat for that movie. Um, Sam Neill oh, cool. knows how to just be this kind of very capable in a situation kind of thing. Billy Zane knew that he was chewing the scenery, which he literally, I think, does at one point. Um, he is... He knows he's that so well, though he's he's so, so well. good looking in this movie too. <laughs> Young Billy Zane is like, mm, he's nice. So, uh, yes. but the facial expressions that he does, the way that he changes mood and demeanor like so quickly and so easily, uh. and the way he can also just be super super creepy like that. That when he goes down to see like she's talk just talked to John. And she's crying because she knows that the boat is that he's on is sinking, and she goes and he goes down to to see her, and he does that thing where he like caresses her face with like his tongue sticking out a little bit, like so gross. But it's like it's so it's perfect for the character, obviously that he's a fucking creep and weird. Oh, yeah. But he's he's good at playing that, and it's just like it that's makes it that's what makes it effective. Oh yeah, he has these amazing large eyes. Um, yes. like a lot of actors do um but he but they are so filled with sincerity that um is so strange because he is playing an absolute madman but has got these sincere eyes that you can almost see it from his point of view as in he had a bad time with this other boat people died and um and then then he's like on this other boat and now they're annoyed it's like jesus christ guys it's it's such a great performance because you're like going no i understand how everything happened i understand even though i don't know what happened on that first boat i understand why you did what you did even though it is bonkers (laughs) that makes sense yeah i don't know he's got this kind of yeah it's like yeah it makes sense in his mind (laughs) yeah it makes sense yeah it's like look they had to die they were a bummer uh, they wouldn't let me be an artist. Or you kept and saying, then, like, they were trying to kill me, too. Like, doesn't he say that? Yes, he does. I, I was, like, yeah, he why? does. What are yeah. you talking about? <laughs> no, it's because you were trying to kill other people. <laughs> so. They were trying to kill you. <laughs> He's never quite understood the whole connection between if you start harming people, they will try and hurt you as well. <laughs> That's <Yes>. his defense. <laughs> they are especially not... Cole Kidman is not going to deal with your shit. Oh, I love that part. Oh. Like, I think it was after, yeah, because it was after she shot him with the spear gun and, and he just kind of smiles at her. 
And then she just fucking kicks him in the balls and like knocks him out with it. Ah, that's so such a good moment for her. No, not today. Not not gonna happen. "Mm -mm. And yeah, I just love Yeah, and I love the moment when she's on the boat on her own. She's turning the boat around, she's going back, she's doing all the things, there's a storm, and she's you just you can kind of feel how hard all this is, especially her having to like push get the lifeboat into the water, then push the dead weight of Billy Zane onto that friggin' um onto that friggin' lifeboat. You can kind of feel how all that is physically and just how physical and hard it would be because mm-hmm. it's kind of like I get kind of um, tired when I look at a mess I have to clean up. I suddenly just get very right. oh I'm so tired. I don't want to. I don't want to do this. Imagine that, but on that boat with what has happened, and you know that Billy Zane needs to be off this boat in some <laughs> sort of form, and just how tired you would be. <laughs> She's already been through all this, like, physical yeah, and emotional stuff, mental. Emotional and physical stuff she's been yeah. through, and now she has to clean up this mess. I was, I was, that point of the movie, I was well, exhausted for her. <laughs> well, let's not discount Sam Neill, either. Yes. Because he's oh, on a boat God. that's sinking. Oh, that part where... um he's in the room that's completely underwater and he just has to breathe through the pipe. Yes. Oh, another great... goes on for such a long time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's another great shot in that movie when um, it's just on him doing that and a fish swims by his head. <laughs> ah, that creeped me out. I don't know why, but it's just like, I ugh. know. I think well, like, I think I'm, just... I'm pretty sure that was an accident and like, that's a real reaction from him. Almost. That's what it feels like. I think but it then, was because, but then he has yeah. to like freaking bust through the boat underwater, yes. like, gasping yes. for air and get out. Oh, so yeah, Sam Neill went for it too. We're not. Oh, Sam! Not, oh my god, to just the, discount him. <laughs> no, not no wonder he torched the boat. It was not just like a hey, like he was pissed off I'm at the boat. Sure, Ray can see it, but it's just like this. That's it. Fuck this boat. It's on fire. Like <laughs> right. I can't, I can't deal with this anymore. <laughs> Be- yeah, I'm pretty because- sure he was pissed off at the boat. Yeah. Yes. Um, oh, he's got to be pissed off at the boat because everything about that boat is gross and disgusting. Not yeah. the fa- not just the fact that it's sinking, but because what happened, the fact that it's a murder scene, the fact that there are just dead body parts floating around, the fact that it's sinking, the fact that he can't fix it, the fact that he, you can see him getting more frustrated, and the fact that he's stuck in a room breathing out of a pipe, and <laughs> which I'm guessing they made him do, and then you see a fish go by his head, and it's like going... Oh, that would have been such a hard day shooting. All right, that's Sam, a big fish too. A, yeah, it's a big fish. Like it's, it goes right past his head, and it's just like, a, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, it's yeah, it is. What these ca- people go through, what uh, um, the Cole Kidman and Sam Neill had to go through, just probably shooting this movie, let alone what their characters are yeah. also going through. It just, yeah, and you can see it on screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really, really cool movie. And they shot it, didn't they shoot it, like, at um, in the Great Barrier Reef, too? Yes. I think I read yeah. that. So that's really cool. Yeah. They actually shot, like, yeah. on location, not just in a, a stage or on a tank or whatever. Ex- yeah. Actually, going back to Key Lago, apparently John Houston wanted to set this on location. But apparently Jack Warner, because apparently, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was Sarah Madre, I could be wrong, cost so much money because it was on location. Oh. He made him shoot it in Hollywood in a sound studio except for the first and last scene he was actually allowed to go out to the keys because John uh. Houston was very much about I'm shooting oh. this where it was set yeah because I remember is, yeah. yeah I remember reading like some of the shots of the actual storm were actually from another movie yes yeah um, oh and Jack- we didn't talk we didn't talk yeah. about the palm tree in that <laughs> <laughs> 
where you can totally see the string that's like yes. bending the palm tree in the wind of the hurricane. Yeah, because if John love Houston, prob- yeah, I love it as well. Because if John Houston had his way, he would have said it in Key Largo, all of right. it during a hurricane. He <laughs> most likely he was that kind of director. So I think Jack Warner went, no, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> too bad. Um, that would have been cool. It would have been so cool. And so the fact that they got to shoot this actually on location, you know, on the Great Barrier Reef in open water would have been one a hard, insanely hard shoot. Um, right. um, no wonder Billy Zane got hired for Titanic. He's like, yes, I have experience in this. I've um, totally done this before. We're cool. I'm t- yeah, we're cool. I know what I'm doing. Um, but it's and... also perfect just for the the atmosphere of the movie. Just there. Yeah. That's what they wanted to do. They wanted to be by themselves, isolated away from everybody else on this boat. But you can totally feel the isolation of these characters and the fact that they do only have themselves and each other to get out of yes. this because yeah, there is just their no boat and nothing, go. nothing around them, which is cool at first. But then when you realize when you need help, that kind of sucks. And that's even more terrifying. And it's just, yeah, it's yeah. very much gives no. you that feeling throughout the whole movie. Yeah, exactly. Cause you, there is no side of land. And so that's nothing. And, um, yeah. Just like, endless water all around it's them. endless water all around. And they are literally on their own. And it's not like they can just go, get off the boat. They are yeah. stuck. Uh, yeah, stuck on their respective boats. Um, and it's so effective just to the mentality of all, every single character. Even um, Huey. Because he's stuck on a boat as well. And so, but he's just doing what he knows how to do. And that is unfortunately chaos. But it is, yeah, you can... Um, yeah, you can just, you're stuck. It, it's such, even though it's all these open spaces, you are so claustrophobic in uh, such a claustrophobic movie. Um, I loved, I wanted to mention the director too, because I had just read this like just before we got on here. Yeah. He does he does yeah. a great job at this movie. Um, it's Philip Noyce, I think is his name. Noyce, yeah. Noyce, Philip Noyce. Also did Blind Fury. So I was super happy when I read that because Blind Fury is fucking awesome. <laughs> He did. No, it, Philip Noyce is one of those. Um, he's a great Australian director because I think he's done a, some like a lot of Australian, like well, well respected seventies um, Australian movies. And then you get his to his American career after I think um, a Dead Calm, and it's like um, Blind Fury, which is an amazing, amazing movie. Yeah, um, Rutger Hauer. And love it. Oh, Rutger Hauer again, another childhood staple. Um, and yeah, he's just done all these kind of amazingly, just like, uh, like my favorite type of movie, the um, mid-budget thriller. He's done a lot of those, which I think you mm, can kind cool. of count Dead Calm in that, but, um, oh, yeah, yeah totally. like, yeah, Blind Fury, um, Catch a Fire, um, uh, uh, the, uh, the, um, the Patriot Games, that kind of thing. It's just so, yeah, I just love those kind of directors that, and Philip Noyce is absolutely that kind of director and yeah blind fury is is, is a gem that we should treasure forever <laughs> it, it totally is i'll have to check out some more of his stuff because yeah i do love the. you're right like the mid-budget thriller like this it doesn't really exist anymore and i no. totally miss those because there's a ton of these from the 90s that i just absolutely love uh, malice is one of them like yes it's absolutely one of them and we need more movies like that that are just they're kind of forgotten now and they're so good and they're they usually have great actors like like these in them that just totally carry the movie and make it even better to like go back and see all the cool shit that they were in before you know maybe they got huge exactly I but those. no i i i love a mid uh a mid-budget 90s thriller like 
um, single white female, um, this, um, copycat. I love, I love um, copycat. Yeah. I love copycat. Um, I mean, I love, I'm probably the only person that really likes this movie, but I do really love the bone collector with, um, Denzel Washington. Um, again, directed by Philip Noyce, just, there's oh, that's something right. Yeah, I, re- I did read yeah. that. I was wondering if that was the same boat. I was like, Bone Collector with Angelina Jolie. Yes. <laughs> Wait, was that Angelina Jolie? Yeah, it's Angelina Jolie as then, a cop. Yeah. And I just, for some reason, she's just too beautiful to be in a um, police, out- police out- which I know she's playing a cop <laughs> in it, but I'm just like going, no, that just doesn't make sense. Have you seen what you look like? <laughs> she's gorgeous, yes. I haven't seen that oh, in years. Okay. I remember liking that because I like the book. No, yeah, I like the book as well. Um, so this is kind of, I love this genre. And mm. yeah, we don't get enough of them. And I wish they would come back because I think it's, even if it's going to be a Netflix thing, I guess, but they don't make them even on Netflix. And that makes me sad because this was always my favorite um, genre. And so I will, would love more of them. Or there's like an element of comedy in them usually. Yes. The ones yeah. that we do get on Netflix I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. They're more comedies than straight thrillers, like like yes, this. for adults, um, right. very kind of dark mentality, um, weird sexuality. Probably not the sexual assault that happens in Dead Calm, but that's that kind yeah. of weird undertow, like in single oh, white God. female. And he and... like rips her shorts off. Ugh. Oh my God! It's just yeah, it's, it's just horrible. like this. Oh God! You were gonna, you were wanting to assault her from the beginning, weren't you? It yeah. wasn't even just like a surprise. It was like, oh, of course you are. Um, ugh. it's ugh. um. And yeah, and then of course she's just she feels so vulnerable when she's yeah, especially in, she's in the robe in the last part of it. It just yeah. Um, anyway, this she was a great back. Little... yeah. Yes, love it. Love yes. seeing that. Love seeing it them back does. together again at the end and yes, it's how it should thing be. in Key Largo. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> you don't just, get to see them it, get reunited in Key Largo. That's kind of what I missed. Uh, yeah, but the promise that would have been it, nice. Um, yeah. Just because you can kind of see them looking in each other's direction, and you're know, just like, yeah. oh, they're just looking forward to seeing each other again. It makes me happy. <laughs> <That's so sweet. laughs> yeah, I loved both of these movies and watching them and getting to see Key Largo for the first time and realizing uh, how well it went with Dead Calm. Yeah, this is yes. this is awesome double feature. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm glad I picked oh. this one. This was my choice, by the way. Yes. So I'm yes. glad I, I picked you this like one. A big <laughs> rambling list of things, and you went this one. I went. Excellent. I have not seen Key Largo. <laughs> this actually works. Mostly just from Dead Calm. I was like, oh, yeah, that was that movie was really cool. I want to watch that again. And I haven't seen Key Largo, so this will be a perfect opportunity. And yeah. Yes. And we have this great conversation, and now I love both of these movies even more. So this is fun. I know. That always happens. <laughs> even if I go in a movie going, yeah, I think I kind of like that. I go out of it going, oh, no, I loved it. It's amazing because yeah. it opens up so much more. And thank you so much for coming on. This has been a great conversation. Absolutely, You're as cool yeah. and as lovely as I thought you would be. <laughs> <laughs> so are you. I'm so happy to get, finally get to, like, put a face and <laughs> yes! a voice. To, well, I know your voice, obviously, from the show. But <laughs> to actually get to talk to someone that you've seen online, it's super cool. And, yeah, I had a lot it of fun. It is. No, so. it is. It is absolutely amazing. And um, please tell people where they can find you online. So they can, I can hear most... more of all your amazing stuff. <laughs> Yeah, you can mostly just find me on Twitter. I'm at Michelle in Egan. And please check out Movies for Life podcast. Um, you can find that uh, Twitter handle is at Movie Life Pod. And we're on all of your, whatever your, what do they say? Your podcatcher of choice. Oh, it's available. Podcast <laughs> <choice>. <laughs> That's what I hear people say on other podcasts. So I'll say that too. Yeah. So it's available everywhere. Yeah. Please listen to us and like us. 
<laughs> we like we love talking about movies and sharing it with people just just like you do apparently so yes great. no it's um an it's amazing so fun, show. Right? please listen because it's so much fun like it's even your pandemic episode we just went through movies you've been watching through the pandemic was yeah. such a great episode because i was like oh yes i did that exact thing i watched all these like movies and just discovered all these kind of things i never even heard of because it was just like well i got the time <laughs> yep you got the time um, catch up on podcasts yeah. find a new one that you love <laughs> exactly um and yet yeah, if uh thank you for listening to shock and awe um i just love talking to people like michelle just to because i think it's just the best thing i've decided to do just because i get to talk to people like you about movies that i don't always get to talk about in my daily life so um I yeah know. thank you isn't that sad much. yeah <laughs> i know it's just like no i want to talk about like dead calm and like key lago or i want to talk about some like weird like fulci and the and now i'm going oh god i explained who fulci is no i can't i can't do it <laughs> um so thank you again um yep thanks uh, for having me yes i'm so glad that you came on this has been an absolute blast um yeah if you want to follow schlock and awe it's twitter and instagram schlock and awe one um we are also on all the podcatchers that you, you might be um available with um love that term because totally gonna steal it um <laughs> and yeah we will be um back with another double feature next week um thank you guys for listening um we'll see you again soon all right thanks guys bye <laughs>